Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, part of TalkNorth.com. As I always let you know, best way to listen to this show or any show at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Jeff, of course, is the former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, when both those teams were having great success. Uh, we're going to get into a wide variety of things today. Some uh, some trouble with players, some negotiations, a little more on the Netflix quarterback special, some key NFL training camp battles. Uh, let, let's start here, Jeff. Um, Jordan Addison, just coming into this market, getting ready for training camp, uh, gets pulled over for driving 140 miles an hour on 94. I do a lot of outstate radio hits. And the first thing I hear from them is uh, what's wrong with this guy? Is he going to be a big problem? Is this a, a red flag? Uh, you know, you, you dealt with all kinds of players in all kinds of different uh, guises. You're, you work with an agency, you work in the media, you were a general manager, you're a PR guy, you worked up through the entire Vikings organization doing all kinds of jobs. Uh, when you hear that Jordan Addison was driving 140, you say, okay, young guy made a mistake or do you worry more about it? Well, I, I think it is worrisome. Uh, from the standpoint, you think about, for example, the Jalen Carter incident in Georgia, which ended up in two people dying, and, and he was lucky not to have a serious injury going, and they were going, I think, 100 and whatever, 105. This is 140, and that, that's, that's just crazy. So you have to say, okay, what is this guy thinking? And, and first of all, it's at 3 a.m., and we always said not a lot great happens after after uh, two or midnight or two o'clock in the morning. Always told our players that, and so it's just it's just kind of a crazy incident. I think the the only positive side of it I see is that they're not reporting that there were there was any uh, alcohol abuse or substance abuse involved in this incident, and so I guess that would be a semi positive, but it's just really strange. And you wonder, okay, Jordan Addison and all the rookies go to that rookie symposium. Jordan, were you listening <laughs> at all to what they were saying? And they bring in former players such as Chris Carter and guys talking about all the different ways you can get jammed up and that you, that you have to mind your P's and Q's and understand that, that you're on a platform and you're very visible. So I guess the hope from an organizational standpoint is that it's a it's a very strong warning to Addison to to be more cautious in what he's doing. And but it just seems like these these young guys driving extremely fast is kind of on an epidemic surge around the NFL and, and in college and it's very dangerous. So so yeah, I would definitely haul him in and and in no uncertain terms say, Hey, this is not something that's going to be acceptable in this organization and possibly even hit him with a small fine for conduct detrimental for the bad publicity that it generated. But yeah, it, it is worrisome in, in to a, to a pretty good degree, I would say. And, you know, you talked about that rookie symposium. Chris Carter, of course, once was talking about the rookie symposium. He's talking to rookies and, and, and Chris gave some great light of advice. He said, everybody's got to have a fall guy. Why didn't Jordan Addison have a fall guy who could hop over into the driver's seat and take the blame for this? Yeah, that didn't play real well for Chris either, <laughs> that comment. <laughs> and so, so yeah, I think the fall guy may have dri driven 150 into a barricade or something. So that that's not necessarily good either. Uh, it's just really weird. And 
not, and as I said, you always worry as a team executive, as a, when I was a GM and as a president, during that dead period before training camp starts, after OTAs and minicamp, that there's too much time on players' hands. They're no longer in school. Uh, they're not working. They're, they're supposed to be working out and staying in shape. But I always worried about that kind of one-month period because a lot of stuff seemed to always happen back in, in my day, uh, whether it was DUIs or whatever the case. And so, <clears throat> sure enough, here, here it happened with Jordan Addison. So when you, and again, you, you've worked in all kinds of roles, including vice president, including president and general manager, how often did you have to have a uh, sit down with a player? We say, hey, you know, this is your career. You need to behave better. You need to manage yourself better. Yeah, there were several times that it happened, and and oftentimes the players know when that happens, and their agents get in their ear, and and their family gets in their ear, and and so, but but there were several occasions when when it had to happen, and uh, I, I remember one case was was with Steve McNair, our our All Pro MVP quarterback in in Tennessee, the the late Steve McNair, unfortunately, so unfortunately, but he had a DUI incident. In, in, in Nashville, and, and we had to sit down with him, uh, Coach Jeff Fisher and myself, and Floyd Reese, our GM, and, and, and he, was, he was really very mortified at what happened and, and that, that it was a, a well-publicized incident at the time. And so it, it does happen on occasion, and you just have to try to nip it in the bud as best you can. But for for Jordan Addison, I'm a little concerned, Jim, about him overall. That that the guy shows up at, at rookie minicamp and gets hurt the first what the first day of rookie minicamp, so he, he's not even in uh, the regular veteran minicamp. And is he a guy that that just doesn't understand about staying in shape? And is he a guy that's going to have all these minor? I, I would assume it was something like a, a pulled hamstring, a pulled calf, or something, which is really as a result of not training hard enough at that period, usually, I mean, it can happen. We've, we've certainly seen hamstrings happen with, with fully trained guys, but I worry about him. Is he going to stay healthy and, and be able to ful- fulfill the role that they envisioned for him to be kind of number two or two a with, with Osborne opposite Jefferson. Now that Thielen's gone. And if, if he's not that guy, that that's a concern for the offense. Yeah, I mean, you don't take somebody in the first round to be a third receiver to be a pretty good receiver. You take somebody in the first round because you think they can be great or close to great. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And that, that that's the role that they envisioned for him. And that's going to be one of the big storylines of training camp is, is he out there the first day of practice? Is he going to be able to stay healthy and be able to fully participate? I, that's one of the things I'll be watching closely. Another interesting, uh, and interesting is a kind word for it, another development with a Viking-ish player, uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, It's in our paper today that uh, he allegedly offered a million dollars to his ex-girlfriend to drop any charges of, of, uh, of domestic assault. Uh, I know that when all this first arose, I think it was a couple of years ago, uh, there was a recording where Dalvin Cook was basically set, sounded like he was apologizing for whatever he did. Uh, you know, I don't like presuming anything when we're talking about the the legal spaces, 
but it doesn't sound good for Dalvin Cook. Uh, what do you make of all this? And do you think any of this has anything to do with him not being signed yet? I think it could play into it to a minor degree, but I, I do think it it does not reflect well on Dalvin from the standpoint that that he denied everything, even even though he said he apologized, but he also countersued uh, the woman involved and uh, his his I guess his former girlfriend. But the fact that he offered her that kind of money, and then on top of it, to sign a affidavit to send to the NFL saying that she essentially lied about the whole thing. That really looks bad and, and shaky. And so and meanwhile, it's going to go to trial. And yeah, I don't think that that helps his cause in getting the kind of contract that he's looking for, which I'm sure is in the $10 million range, which he's not going to get. He's probably going to get half of that with a bunch of incentives. So no, it, it's not good news for Dalvin. It's not good timing for Dalvin when he's still on the market, still trying to get signed. And I'm sure the Vikings people are just saying, hey, he's not our problem anymore. No, that's exactly right. And listen, again, you've been doing this for a long time. You've dealt with all kinds of different situations in different eras. Uh, has, the NFL, has the general attitude of NFL teams changed at all about problematic players? Do you think the mentality is still, hey, uh, whatever problems this guy has, he can help us win games. So that's all we're going to worry about. Or do you think there is a little more conscientiousness about the kind of character players bring to the table? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely sensitivity about that. And, and and especially when it deals with something such as domestic violence, sexual assault, um, the Deshaun Watson case, and, and those type of situations and and even you, you look back to, to Joe Mixon, you look back to Tyreek Hill, and, and Tyreek Hill falling to the fifth round after his domestic violence incident. And so I think it definitely, there, there's much more sensitivity to it and much more concern about it. And I think teams still feel that with the right counseling that they can turn a player around. But I personally... In, in my in my time as, as a GM and as a team president, I, I really felt uh, a no tolerance policy towards sexual assault, towards domestic violence. We didn't sign players that were involved in those situations, and and fortunately, I never had a star player involved, so I had to make that kind of gut check decision on whether we're going to let him go through counseling and all that. Partially, some of those decisions are dictated too by the salary cap. And by the amount of dead money on a player's contract, some players just can't get cut, <laughs> plain and simple, because there's too much dead money on their contract. And so it would be a cap hit against the team. But, yeah, I, I think it's, th there's much more sensitivity on it today. And there are certain things that are, that are less sensitive. And, uh, and, and certainly things such as speeding, although 140 miles an hour is not good, but a speeding incident or an incident not involving substance abuse or something like that that you worry about, I, I think that is taken with a little different look compared to these other more egregious situations that we've talked about. Yes, and, and let's reiterate this. Uh, Addison shouldn't be driving 140 miles an hour under any circumstances. I will say at least it was an open stretch of highway. It wasn't like he was racing somebody or cutting somebody off. And to me, it was a big deal that a guy gets pulled over at 3 a.m. 
uh, driving 140 and was not charged with any kind of uh, substance related uh, offense. I mean, that, that to me, as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh my God, he's driving 140 late at night. He had to be drunk or stoned or something. It, it, I was kind of relieved just because somebody doesn't want to see a young guy go wrong. I was relieved that he didn't have anything else added to that. Yeah, for sure. And if he, and if there was, we would know about it very quickly. <laughs> I would and think so, so yeah. yes. So I think in that respect, it, it makes the case a little more clear cut. And I don't know that the NFL necessarily gets involved in a situation like that where there's a p- potential suspension, which would be the case if there were drugs or alcohol involved. So from that standpoint, that, that as, as I said, is the, the semi-positive out of the situation for Addison. All right, we're going to get into some key NFL training camp battles, some news around the league, anything else Jeff, Jeff has to add on the Vikings at this moment. Right now, though, we want to hear about White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. The White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, with my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, general manager Charlie Gutrell. They're fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll see 0.9% APR plus a $2,000 trade assistance on 2023 Sierra 1500s, 2.49% APR on 2022 and 2023 Buick SUV models, including the Encore GX Preferred, 1.9% APR on GMC Acadias, no monthly payments for 90 days on most of these great vehicles, and introducing the new 2024 Encore GX. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore, and they are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks to WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. A couple programming notes. Uh, if you're interested, my band is playing at Blix on Saturday night after the Twins game. We'll start probably start 10, 15 minutes after the Twins game lets out. It's right there walking distance from Target Field. Tuesday night at O'Donovan's, not very far away from there, O'Donovan's right by Target Center, Target Field. We're going to do the Chin Music Baseball Show with Roy Smalley, LaBelle Neal, myself. 530 to 630, O'Donovan's downtown Tuesday night. Before the Twins game, uh, stop by either case if you can. We'll give away a bobblehead at O'Donovan's on Tuesday night. Uh, so you wrote a piece for 33rd team on key NFL training camp battles. What Highlight something for us. What What are you looking for? Hey, first of all, what, what instrument do you play, Jim? Guitar. All right. <laughs> Loud guitar uh, is the, my instrument of choice. Sounds good. Sounds good. I got to check you out sometime. Um, so, the, yeah, I think as, as teams go into training camp next week and the Vikings, their first practice, I think, is Saturday, I want to say. And, and just looking at kind of key training camp battles, and you talk about the Vikings situation. First of all, we're going to be very cognizant and watching closely that situation at corner. And with the young crew that they've got, led by now Byron Murphy Jr. And you've got Andrew Booth Jr. You've got uh, Caleb Evans. You've got the the draft choice uh, Blackman. And so there's a lot of competition at the the corner spots. And first of all, who can stay healthy in that group is a a very big concern. 
so that's one of the really interesting training camp battles around the league and certainly here locally that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, and I, I think in that regard, Brian Flores and Kevin O'Connell obviously are going to be very, very tuned into what's happening at that corner spot. When you think about the Vikings' top four corners from last year are all gone. Patrick Peterson, Duke Shelley, Shanda Sullivan, Cam Dancer. Not that there were any great shakes in that group other than Peterson. And even Peterson had his trouble in the playoff game against the Giants. So other other places around the league, San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation. You're talking about a team that is totally loaded at basically every position, especially on defense. And even their offense is terrific. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. But what happens at quarterback is Brock Purdy. Is he healthy enough to, to play in the opener in Pittsburgh on September 10th with his, as he recovers from the elbow injury? How much time will he get during training camp? Supposedly, he's been throwing, and which is a good sign for him. Meanwhile, how does that play out for Trey Lance, the Marshall, Minnesota native, and, and a former third overall pick that the 49ers gave a lot of picks to move up to get? and But, but he is really would be difficult to trade and they'd actually take a cap hit if they trade him because of, as I mentioned before, the, the dead money on these guys. And so Lance may have to be kept for one more year. And if Sam Darnold, the third quarterback, or maybe the second, whatever, however you look at it, former starter with the jets, he's a, I would say probably the more likely guy to get cut and they can save a 1.5 million if they trade or release him. So, that quarterback situation in San Francisco, probably number one on, on the list of training camp battles to kind of be on the lookout for. Uh, Indianapolis Colts quarterback is Anthony Richardson, the number four overall pick. Is he ready to start this year? Or I think it's more likely Gard- Gardner Minshew, who's got some experience in Jacksonville, was with the Eagles last year as the backup to Hertz. I would, I would expect Minshew is probably the opening day starter for them when they, when they go against Jacksonville and, but Richardson's going to get that job eventually when you you pick a guy fourth overall, we'll see how long that takes. The bills running back situation, Dalvin's brother, James Cook is the heir apparent, uh, but they, they did sign Damian Harris from new England to compete. And so that'll be a good, good battle. And they've got Latavius Murray, who's man, he's been like everywhere, (laughs) including at the Vikings and played pretty well here and was pretty good. Last year in uh, in New Orleans, the Eagles' defensive tackle is another place to be on the lookout for after they uh, they lost Javon Hargrave to, to the 49ers in free agency, and they drafted Jalen Carter, number nine overall. They drafted Jordan Davis first overall last year. They re-signed Fletcher Cox. That Eagles' defense is loaded, and so we'll see how that shakes out at that defensive tackle. I think the Chiefs wide receiver situation is interesting. They've got a whole bunch of guys. Juju Smith-Schuster was their leading guy last year. They've got Valdez Scantling back. They got a whole crew of guys. They signed Richie James from the Giants last year. Kadarius Toney they picked up last year. And they have a second rounder this year and last year in Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice. And as you and I often say, does it really matter when you've got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, who's playing wide receiver? Because he makes it work with anybody. And, and speaking of the Giants, who, who, who kind of shakes out at those receiver spots? They've got a whole crew of guys, too. 
veterans and and rookies and I'll be on the lookout for what happens there as they try to support Daniel Jones. So training camp time, that's what it's about, earning starting jobs and earning roster spots. And it's what makes training camp inter- semi-interesting, other than the fact that I hated preseason games, Jim. And even though there's, there's only three now, I still hate them. <laughs> yes. Uh, what did you make of Hopkins signing with Tennessee? Yeah, I, I thought that was a, a, a great signing for the Titans, who definitely needed help at at wide receiver, they they probably had the biggest need in the league, and and now they've they've got a a quality guy if he can stay healthy, even though he's thirty one years old, but he's a proven whatever five time All Pro Pro Bowl player, and I, I think it's it's really even <clears throat> even though I kind of expected the Patriots to sign him, he would go there as the better team, but that AFC East is loaded, and I think that. Tennessee, it's a good spot for for Hopkins to step in there and, and be kind of the the main guy in that offense, and, and they can can have him in that, that key spot as wide receiver one, and and um, as they kind of develop the the guy they drafted last year in the first round out of Arkansas. I'm trying to remember his name, but I can't not off the top of my head because he didn't do anything last year, Jim. <laughs> Right. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, it's always dangerous to talk about negotiations uh, when we don't want to, you know, something could break this afternoon. But just just for an update, uh, what do you think is going on with Jefferson and Hunter? Do you think uh, do you think the advent of training camp will spur these deals? I, I definitely think it will with with with, with Justin. I, I think that, as we've talked about before, <clears throat> is a, a relatively easy deal to do just because. You know, he's going to be the top-paid receiver. <clears throat> you know what the market is with Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams at, <clears throat> at $28 million a year, including their uh, the last year before their extensions. So if Justin, if Justin comes in at $30 million a year uh, <clears throat> in total compensation, he'll be the number one guy. But the, the question there is, do they tear up the last two years of the contract, which I, I saw you thought would be a good idea, and I think it would be too. <clears throat> you just say, hey. When other players and agents say, hey, you tore up Jefferson's last two years of his deal, do it for my guy. Well, when your guy's first team all pro and has totally outperformed his contract, okay, we'll talk to you about it then. <clears throat> because otherwise, to get him to $30 million a year in compensation, and if they keep his last two years intact, they'd have to pay him over $35 million a year on a new contract. I don't think they want to do that in new money. And because that's always the number that's reported. What's the new money in the contract? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if they, they want to have $35 million a year on on Justin Jefferson in new money. So the Hunter situation, as we've talked before, I could see that lasting a little bit more time, but I think they're eventually going to get that done because, as, as I've said before, you can do his contract and convert his current base and, and roster that's about five and a half million in, into a, a signing bonus as part of a new signing bonus that you can keep his cap number around that $13 million level. So it's just a question. Do they believe in Daniel Hunter? That's what's going to, that's what's going to be answered to us. Do they believe that he, he can still be a double digit sack guy? Do they believe he's going to be able to be worth that kind of money for, for at least three years? Or are they concerned about his injury proclivity? If they don't do that deal, First of all, their pass rush is in deep, deep trouble. And second of all, 
it, it tells us that they, they don't believe in him. They don't believe he can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, and somebody who wants this, who always just wants to have an interesting team to cover. I hope they sign him. Uh, I just think he's too dynamic. He has too much potential. He's too been too productive to not keep him around, but we'll see how that plays out. And he's, uh, only, 20, he's only 20. He's still years young. Old, Jim. He's still young. He's been incredibly productive. He has He's had injuries, but he's also recovered from them and bounced back and been very productive again. I just, you know, I, I hope they sign him. Uh, I think it's a much better, much more interesting team with him. Next week, let's talk about. You're going to finish up the uh, Netflix special quarterback. I finished it last weekend. Let's talk more about that. We'll be doing a show fairly early next week uh, to kind of get you ready for training camp. Uh, for today, thanks to Jeff. Thanks to producer Brandon Morton. Thanks to WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Again, subscribe to any show you like at TalkNorth.com on your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen. You can always go to TalkNorth.com, find all of our shows and all the archives of our shows. Also, check out the Viking Update show and uh, all of our other sports and outdoor entertainment. Once again, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com.